not happen for an age. What's that? Tis a gathering. Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast, all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry, this is episode 68, and it's going to be absolutely dominated by you. Uh, you, my wonderful listeners, because um, as I mentioned in the uh, previous one, um, the 3D printing debate has rumbled on and I've been inundated with many, 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 many messages. Um, I think nearly 20 or around 20 in the end uh, of this debate over whether um, whether... 3D printing is killing the game. Uh, this was all started by Nathan uh, Colkman in Australia. Um, essentially, he's noticed the proliferation of it in Australia, and he thinks that it could be bad for the game, or he, th- he wonders whether it's bad for the game, and has thrown it out to everyone. And you have uh, responded in your dozens, and uh, it's it's really interesting hearing all of the, the very intelligent points that you guys have made. So uh, thank you very much for that. Um, I will do a little bit of list building and list talk, because it's interesting um and then we'll get straight into the big old topic which is 3d printing so but first let's build an army so we are building an army um and it's not for a tournament uh, it's not for a game even um it's just because Essentially, um, I put this question out in response to the previous episode uh, of the podcast, uh, The Fellowship of Grantham, which was all about uh, green allies. And um, some people were saying, uh, and I basically said, oh, what what green allies would you take if you were going to take green allies? And someone uh, responded, absolutely, I would take um, the Serpent Horde and I would take um, the, the sort of Far Harad. And and I thought, yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, it was the one that won the podcast, so uh, it made sense. But I think someone had suggested, oh, you'd, you'd want these things in it, um, and came up with a list that was completely different to what I expected. Um, and then I started thinking, you know what? I've never really been sort of inspired by the Serpent Horde. Like, I've loved using um, Mummocks, basically. That That's the only kind of... Harad I've ever really used. I've used Suladan and Mummox and stuff, but I've never done like a kind of Harad army. Um, so that night after someone started commenting, I just started doodling in my book and I came up with a couple of uh, army lists and um, I just thought, I thought, is this good? I don't, I don't know. So um, I, one of them is basically impossible for me to read right now and it's a, a weird points limit. It came up to 734 points. Um, but I, I just kind of got interested in different ways of building um, Serpent Horde army. So I'll give you I'll give you a summary of what this other one was. So essentially, it is this. Uh, I don't know who would end up being the leader. Uh, probably the king. Um, but anyway, I'll read I'll read out how it is. It's got a Hasharin in it. It's got three Watchers of Karna with the swords. Uh, three African guards of the fatties. Uh, it's got a banner dude with a spear in it. It's got uh, two normal uh, Harad warriors with spear and three with bow. Uh, then it's got another Hasharin uh, with three Watchers, three fatties, three spears, and three bows. Uh, it's got a king um, who I think I've put on the horse with a war spear, uh, and accompanying him is three serpent riders and four serpent guard uh, four bows and four spears and then finally Raza 
with uh, another three watchers, three fatties, three spears, and three bows. And I could probably, I, I, I think in Raz's warband, you can have another fifteen. You can probably have another couple of models. So I'd probably add another couple of Hazard. Uh, I don't know, Haradrim or something. Anyway, or maybe another Serpent Rider or something like that um, in the um, the King's warband. And I was thinking because you don't often hear of um, Harad armies which are a have a lot of hasharin and i thought this could be fun could have two hasharin and raza who's kind of a hasharin hasharin but um he's got more might and he's got that special rule where he kind of assassinates people and i thought i just i don't know is this good is it interesting it's got a lot of bows uh it's got a lot of might uh, or it's not a lot, that loads of might because Hasharan have only got one each, but it's got like five, seven might or something like that. Um, and that, and then it's just got loads of bows and the the, the African guard and the the banner. I just, I don't know. And the reason the reason I wanted to just throw it out in this episode was because it's written in my pad, and I wondered how good it is and i kind of wanted to get your opinion so uh, and there's another one as well which uh, I'd, I'd love your opinion on so just to remind all that one that's got two husharin uh, a, a raza a king and then kind of a pretty even split of watchers of karna so three in each warband essentially um and three uh, abrican guards in each warband some serpent riders um and uh, you know banner and usual stuff and, and a fair amount of bows but not not the full bows i don't think it's got uh what three bows in each thing so three six uh seven ten bows which is probably about a third or getting close to it so not definitely not the half um i'm intrigued at what you think of that one and the other one one this i kind of that was what i came to after having written this one which is a much better list i think probably because it includes suladan and um, so suladan uh, i've got nine watchers of karna in there with nine haradrim spears very low defense but still interesting king who's got the horse and the war spear four serpent riders four haradrim raiders with bow and then a hasharin with 12 bows and this is i've done this in a weird i'd mix up the warbands a bit so that i've got you know a bit of everything in each warband but I think that's quite good. It's got 41 models at 600 points. Everything's defense four or lower. But I don't, I don't, is this the way to build this kind of army? I genuinely don't know. Um, I, if you're a, a Haradrim um, a Haradrim player, if you play Serpent Horde a lot, uh, I know there are listeners of uh, listeners out there who I've played uh, Darren. Uh, I know you play if you're out there. I don't know if you're listening still. You're a, a, a patron, so I'd hope so. Um, but if you're listening, I'd love to uh, get your thoughts on this. And I know there are plenty of you out, out there who uh, know your stuff um, about this sort of stuff. So Serpent Horde, it might be my next thing. I don't know yet. Um, it's kind of caught me off guard because I've never been that interested by it, but I'm suddenly interested in it. Um, and I kind of want to paint some African Guard and some Watchers. So you never know. Maybe it's the thing that I'm going to latch onto at some point soon. Uh, anyway, uh, entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on those lists. Because I want to know, how would you build a, a kind of foot Haradrim army? What what are the main ingredients? Um, and I kind of want a few Hasharin in there. Because that they're just three attacks and they've got some really cool spicy rules which i really like anyway so there you go uh enemy podcast at gmail.com if you have uh any ideas for what you would include in that list now as i've said this podcast isn't going to a tournament 
we're not talking about that we're going to have a few tournaments on sorry a few episodes on the bounce um hopefully if all, all is edited quickly enough so we should um have a, probably three episodes this week if you're listening to this on we uh, the day that it's released so that's cool for starters um but this one's a bit of a different one it's got a lot of emails in it so let's move on to our segment which is no longer called riddles in the dark it's called something else Christians. Crystals that need answering. So, yes, that's the new introduction to a new section of the podcast, which may well never return, <laughs> certainly because this one has really, really set the email inbox ablaze. Um, it's been uh, quite a couple of uh, podcasts ago uh, since this debate started about whether 3D printing is good for MESBG at all or whether it should be consigned to the dustbin of history. And it's fair to say you guys have gone absolutely absolutely nuts for this topic um I, I think in total i had nearly 20 emails which is absolutely ridiculous um compared to what i usually get usually we get a smattering of emails and and by the old uh, there's an old radio kind of um metric which essentially suggests if you uh, for every emailer or texter or caller or whatever uh, you have like a thousand listeners and i definitely don't have twenty thousand listeners um so this is quite an interesting uh, interesting number uh, so it's clearly it's clearly got you all interested so that's good um as i said already i'm not going to read everyone's email in full but i do want to read um, most people's um comments some people i will read in full because they've got short emails <laughs> and some people i'll massively uh, chop and and you know p- potentially uh, completely butcher but uh, you'll get some recognition at least for having sent something in um i didn't want to sort of uh, leave some people's um, emails completely ignored because I just didn't think that's fair. You guys have all got in touch. You spent a lot of time writing, especially the people who've written really long ones. So uh, I want to get everyone's uh, comments uh, on the matter, and I'll try and keep my thoughts in response to your messages um, to the very minimum. Maybe the odd um, sort of rebuttal or the odd uh, comment, um, but not a lot because otherwise it'll just get massively bogged down. Uh, and it's worth saying there are people who um, think that, that 3D printing is unequivocally a bad thing. Um, but I think the overwhelming response from the community, certainly of listeners of Entmoot, is that 3D printing can uh, have a place in the hobby and probably isn't going to kill Games Workshop, uh, the multinational um, company. So uh, let's just uh, let's just get into the inbox then and read some emails. So uh, uh, worth noting, as I said, I've edited all of these into one large document. So uh, I'm kind of kind of going to run through them. So first of all, Tim Elvis has been in touch. Uh, Tim, uh, regular on the podcast, uh, he was featured on the last podcast. Um, in fact, he came third. I want to say he might have been second, third. I think uh, at the Fellowship of Grantham and he had 3d printed models in his army and he's got in touch saying he's terrible with technology but recently spent a hundred pounds on a fairly dated 3d printer and has since printed 150 models uh, in just a few months he says he thought the process to print would be tricky but it wasn't and he says the results are great uh, compared particularly with some fine cast or 20 year old products and the quantity of new designs available compared to gw's output is also ace um again as i say this is maybe not exactly tim's words 
but it's pretty much what he's saying. He says, the writing is on the wall. This is a quote for many traditional manufacturers. GW have fallen behind. Their models are not the best and their prices are too high. So I don't owe GW anything. The rules system is ace and that's why I play. And I don't need official models to play and nor should I. They are currently a business that, despite touting itself as a company providing collectibles, simply does not produce what I want or can't be bothered to fill its shelves or update models, etc, etc. The only difficulty in the more widespread adoption of printing is potential unit confusion on the battlefield. So uh, this is, again, truncated from a significant, uh, probably a, a, a two A4 pages of, of stuff. But the last point I think is a really salient one. I think this is a, pro- this is a potential problem. If everyone turns up uh, to a battlefield with a different kind of Dunland uh, model or a different kind of uh, Rohan model, because it seems like those two are the most common um, for sort of variations, maybe because of the most generic um, of Tolkien's sort of ideas. But anyway... Um, that could be an issue of sort of just getting people people's armies confused, uh, especially in the tournament. But you know, uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, uh, next next email. Thanks, Tim, for your message. Uh, as ever, uh, always appreciate your input. Uh, this is from an anonymous emailer. Not con- not sure why I wanted to be anonymous, anonymous, but uh, thanks for getting in touch. Either way, uh, uh, they say a friend and I recently got into MESBG as a side game to the big GW2 40k and OS. And let me tell you, 3D printing is one of the big reasons we kept going with it because the key units, heroes and banners, were out of stock. When I did order some models. I was a little embarrassed for the company. The quality was all over the place. They took forever to get me into the sorry, they took forever to get to me in the states and they were crazy expensive for models made over a decade ago. What I worry about is if the game is not accessible to new players, interest will die down over time and since GW does not seem willing to keep MESBG in stock, 3D printing provides that buy-in point for new players. Thanks for the great podcast anonymous so again uh, truncated but thank you very much i, I think yeah, some good points um if gw won't do it then you know 3d printing will be nimble and jump in the gaps so fair enough sam hoodie gets in touch uh, sam no, uh, i'm looking forward to seeing you again i haven't seen you in a while uh, he says to add my two cents into the 3d printing discussion which uh, as a side note i've never heard as many emails uh, starting with here's my two cents or two pence um, anyway uh, i appreciate it sam uh, to add my two cents into the 3d printing discussion i personally always get the gw version however we all know there are gaps in the range so people are forced down one of two paths they either take a similar gw model and convert it which is a skill some people simply don't have or they 3d print it i don't think there's a right or wrong to it but I think enough people will continue to support official creations to keep it afloat. Yep, that's a a fair point. Uh, There are more points that kind of counterbalance that later on, which we'll get into. Uh, Tom Brown gets in touch. He's a 3D printer himself. I assume he doesn't mean he is a machine that literally prints resin out of its nozzle and is dipped in whatever it is. I don't actually know how they work. Anyway, uh, uh, Tom Brown prints stuff with his 3D printer and mainly uh, stat trackers, shields, etc. under the name Retroflex games he says it's actually not as easy as some people seem to claim like tim said earlier Uh, most other people i know who have bought a 3d printer have given up i think right now 3d printing is a hobby into itself and is definitely not for everyone i think that's that's very true um i think the, the thing is there are enough people now that you know someone has a mate who's got a 3d printer who 
is interested in doing and won't mind giving you some models for cheap or for free. Uh, so I'll carry on with his uh, message. He also points out the model quality isn't always consistent. He says the cleanup time can be difficult, models can be brittle and can snap easily, and a lot of 3D models aren't made for painting. Uh, he'd rather spend that little bit of money and have easy-to-build-and-paint plastic models. The issue only arises when you look at character models that have artificially inflated prices and Forge World stuff that is ridiculously priced compared to most other smaller miniature companies. In the long run, this is going to hurt Games Workshop unless they find a way to get into the STL market themselves. Uh, just uh, as a cl- just to clarify for those who... Pro- everyone probably does know, STLs are like the design prints or whatever the designs that you put into a printer um to uh, to make the models so um there you go in the little he thinks that it's going to hurt games workshop unless they can uh, find a way to get into the sdl market themselves thanks for reading this and sorry for the spelling and grammar it was typed on an ipad whilst i was cooking spaghetti bolognese and my daughter was listing off names of pokemon at the same time thank you tom excellent uh, uh, hi to the family. I hope the spag bolt was good. Uh, and some interesting points from someone who 3D prints. Hearing that the um, all the cleanup and all the stuff, I think personally that puts me off a lot more than um, a lot of people. But I think there's probably a lot of disputes. Uh, people who print stuff that would dispute uh, what you're saying about models being brittle. Um, it, it might depend on the printer that you get might depend on who's printing it the designs i don't know uh let's carry on with an email from sandy pountain what a cool name sandy pountain uh hi harry long time listener of the podcast here uh, and again, edited um, a bridged version of what Sandy sent. Warhammer 40k isn't the king of the miniatures wargaming world because it's the most fun or affordable or has the tightest rules. It's because so many people play it that you can reliably find an opponent. Conversely, a quote, no one around here plays it is the number one reason I hear for people deciding not to try a new game in my local gaming shop. If 3D printing makes it easier for people to pick up the game and start playing it, where it stopped playing it where they wouldn't have otherwise that can only be good for the hobby it's true you and i don't have all the information needed to say for sure how much 3d printing impacts games workshops earnings but i don't think gw has that information either no one knows how many people have bought some mesbg stuff because 3d printing has exposed them to the hobby where they might not have otherwise people with fully printed armies and pirated rules who never gave gw a penny can still be ambassadors of the game to paying customers simply by having fun playing it and by being potential opponents i guess this is an academic question uh yeah (laughs) sandy yes it's an academic question uh yeah that's i guess that was the the start of the debate which is brilliant i guess this is an academic question because people will 3d print whether it's good for the game or not but personally even though i don't print models myself i'm in favor of it as a way of exposing as many people as possible to the game um so yeah i yeah i i think that's in chiming in with a lot of what people have been saying Wade's been in touch. No idea from what country Wade's been in touch from. There's nothing that gives it away at all. Uh, but he starts his message by saying, G'day, Harry. Uh, that's a that's terrible. That sounded like a West Country accent. Uh, so anyway, G'day, Harry, he says. Uh, still no idea where he's from, though, of course. Um, so uh, anyway, Wade says... Um, Oh, actually, yeah, Wade, sorry, before I carry on, Wade is the one who came up with the idea for the clip at the start of this segment. Questions. Questions that need answering. 
yeah, great idea, Wade. Thank you very much. Uh, I've stolen that. Um, although it was really hard to find that clip alone uh, in a film uh, on YouTube. I'll have to get the DVD out and record it off that. Anyway, he says, I tend to agree that 3D printing may end up hurting the game more than it helps it in the long run. So this is a, another counterpoint. point. It's interesting. Uh, he understands um, many of the positives and points out uh, the talents of folk like Medbury Miniatures, um, which, by the way, uh, big shout out to Medbury Miniatures. Uh, um I, I have seen Medbury Miniatures. They are all fantastic. They're, they just look great. There's, there's no doubt about it. I, and I believe the uh, model that I got, as a, which has kind of sparked my interest in 3D printing, um, is a Medbury Miniatures design. It's a, a Gilgalad mounted conv- uh, sort of design. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the, uh, the paraphrased bit of uh, what Wade um, started off with. But he also says, Games Workshop doesn't just use the funds spent on models for producing the physical models. So, i.e., we spend money on a kit, um, they don't necessarily spend that money on just producing physical models. The money also goes into their time to develop new rules, new supplements, new sculpts that everyone craves. Without a good market from people playing the game, a company driven by profit, no matter how passionate staff are, will just not invest more money into something that is not yielding good returns. It's the necessary evil of any industry. We want more investment from Games Workshop in this product. Printing 3D models because it's cheaper for yourself can reduce how much GW has or is willing to spend on the game we love. There is certainly a place for it within the game, but uh, Wade doesn't want to distract from uh, doesn't want to detract from Games Workshop's desire to continue to grow the game. Uh, hope this wasn't too much, he says. Don't worry, I've, I've chopped plenty of bits out. Um, and he says, you don't have to read this out on the podcast if you don't want to. I just wanted to reach out to you after listening to the latest episode. Thanks for everything you do for the game and the inspiration that you give to people within the community. Kind regards, Wade. Well, thanks, Wade. Um, as I say, I'm chopping people's messages up and basically calling it my own comments. So uh, there you go. Some interesting points there, uh, particularly about sort of, I guess it's the old uh, support the Hobbit hobby thing that the uh, Great British Hobbit League uh, YouTube channel used to say. If we don't buy their toys, they'll stop making them and then there won't be a game. I mean, they managed to keep it alive um, because of that sort of phrase, basically. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's carry on with another very lengthy message from Alex in Canada. Uh, It goes into, like, free market discussions uh, and so on. And so, again, paraphrasing. He says, why would I support a company... I assume he, apologies if uh, I'm getting misgendering you, uh, Alex in Canada. Uh, Why would I support a company that, A, overprices everything, and B, never has what I want in stock? Like, think about it. Like, think about that for a second with, say, a grocery store. Store A carries chocolate ice cream that is award-winning, but it costs $55 a litre. That is a lot for some ice cream, to be fair. And is only in stock for four hours a week. Store B has ice cream that is almost as good, but costs $12 a litre. And you can purchase whenever you want at any location and have it directly shipped to your door. Sorry, I'm just going to get distracted here because... um, Ice cream is so expensive in Canada. What the hell's going on? It's $12 a litre. That's crazy. $55 a litre. I mean, Canada's surrounded by ice. Just surely you could do it easily there. I don't know. Anyway, uh, um, I'm getting I'm distracting. So there we go. It's a, it's a fine, fine analogy and metaphor, actually. £55 a litre for one. It's only in stock four hours a week. Uh, store B has ice cream at £12 a litre, and it's almost as good. And you can get it delivered to your door. Uh, why would I ever purchase from Store A except for a special occasion? It would behoove Store A to change something in their business model. 
Uh, Alex does go on and on and on a bit here, <laughs> but eventually he does reach a pretty cool salient conclusion. If Games Workshop wants to keep their Lord of the Rings license, they need to be competitive. And uh, Alex's suggestion is uh, for them to focus on designing stunning centerpiece models and farming out the rest to third-party printers, etc. So terrain, cavalry, or sort of troops, stuff like that. Uh, he even provides a TLDR, too long, didn't read. If Games Workshop wants to win the battle against 3D printing in a free market, they need to change and be competitive. As always, love the podcast and look forward to this discussion. Cheers from Canada, Alex Anglin. Thanks, Alex. Right, another one. Uh, another Alex, actually. Hi, Harry. He says, this is a very short one. I like this one. This is, I don't think I edited this one at all. Largely agree with all of what you've said on the 3D printing debate and tend to overpay for... But I tend to overpay for OOP out-of-print models on eBay as, to be honest, nostalgia and quality win. GW doesn't always get it right, but pretty amazed and grateful they still put out minis after 20 years. That said, I'm always going to buy heads and weapons on th- uh, 3D printed until the MESBG releases those sweet, sweet Dolamroth heads as a standalone. My maths just don't add up there for GW. The, math, the maths just don't add up there for GW. Hashtag justice for honor. Alex. Uh, so some interesting points. Yeah, I think a lot of us are the same as you there. Um, many people who've been in the hobby for a long time are just interested in out-of-production models. And the nostalgia does win. I, I, I'm I, probably in that boat. I know that there are nice models for stuff that I want to build eventually. And they probably are nicer than the stuff that I buy. But like, there's new, For example, Numenor. I, I'm loving Numenor at the moment. Why have I collected the this army? Because it's the first plastic kit that I got and the first models that I got, uh, or sorry, the metals are the ones that I didn't get. That's the part of the reason. I loved the plastic kit and I always wanted the metals and never did. And now I've got so much of it and I love it. And I love that. That's the reason I'm collecting this army. So, and you know, you can throw your 3D printed models at me as hard as you want. I'm not going to care. I'm just going to want those Perry Brother um, sculpts. Uh, anyway, right, uh, let's move on to another one. Uh, it's another long one, which, uh, again, I've truncated for ease of abridgment and reading. Uh, this is from Michael Haskell, star of the podcast. Thanks for getting in touch, Michael. Uh, there will be a usage which is clearly wrong, brackets, illegal, and there's some that's clearly right. And there will also be a significant grey area in between where each of us sits on this spectrum will depend on a variety of factors such as the values each of us hold, our view of Games Workshop, and our own financial resources. Michael points out that nostalgia and a soft spot for GW will help many of us continue to buy models despite their cost. Exactly what Alex has just said. Uh, Good point, um, Michael. He also says some won't be able to afford all of the GW models. Um, And he says he would consider purchasing 3D models that have never been available in the range but would look at conversions options first and draws the line at buying 3D prints of models which are made by GW even if they're out of stock at the moment. And, and I, I, again, I, I agree here. Salient points. I think I'll I, I think I'll add here that with the proliferation of three D prints, we are starting to see fewer people give conversions a go, which could be a bit of a sad side effect to three D printing. I mean, I, I've had great fun uh, converting Elendil and Isildur to be uh, on horses recently, and I've made my own captains for my Numenor force, and and. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think that, that people who are just joining the hobby now could get something out of that. I know there are plenty of people who are interested in the hobby for the conversions and the painting and don't really care about the games. And I guess the really printing stuff is more targeted at gamers. But 
it is sad. I, I think it could be sad that, you know, uh, that gamers aren't trying their hand at, you know, cutting off uh, a head and sticking on something and, you know, doing a bit of green stuff work because it's just easier to spend 15 quid or whatever it is on a on a mounted Numenorian king or mounted Westerness king or whatever uh, name, you know, whatever name it's given. Um, uh, thanks, Michael, for uh, uh, sort of pointing that out about the conversion stuff and uh, and nostalgia as well. And you did make loads and loads more points, uh, lots of which are very intelligent. But as I say, chopping them up so um, because uh, lots of people making some similar points. Right, back in the inbox. Uh, Albert from the Two Towers podcast in Australia says lots of stuff on topics already mentioned, but he does add something which I hadn't really thought about. He says, I agree with you that in the long term, 3D printing will hurt the support of the game from GW, but it does actually provide opportunities for players to tell different stories with their armies. And as I say, this isn't the only thing Albert says, but this is a really good point. He says, there are loads of stories within Middle-earth that aren't covered in detail in the books or by GW. Recently, I ran a Breland militia army. Of course, within the rules, there is no official Breland army, so I proxied them using the profiles from the survivors of Lake Town, which gave me access to Gandalf the Grey, and I proxied in Bane, Bardson, as a young juvenile Aragorn. The idea being Gandalf raising the help of the Brelanders to protect the young Aragorn in an errant outing. 3D printing allowed me to have the miniatures to tell this story. And you know what? I can't. I, I, I literally cannot dispute that, Albert. That's a great point, and I'd love to see people doing that in the UK. I would love to see, every time I go to a tournament, some uh, people coming up with really cool themes like that. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard this in uh, Green Dragon. Uh, Jeremy's mentioned this loads of times in the past about how he's invented uh, themes and uh, and sort of printed whole armies or converted whole armies for him back in the day. I think he's into 3D printing now. But um, I'd, I'd love to see a lot more of that in the UK. And sadly, you don't. You just don't. Uh, I, the, the, the only thing I've seen that's very even comes close to that, which was fantastic, uh, was Matt Davies of Generation uh, Shift at a Seven Stones tournament. We did speak to him a while ago, um, and he converted exactly what you've just suggested a Brie army, which which was really cool. Um, but I'd love to see people using 3D printing for that side of the hobby. I think a lot of us would have uh, those people who are defending Games Workshop would also defend using 3D printing for sort of thematic brilliant ideas like that and perhaps less so for just making stuff that is a copy of uh, something that already exists or not a copy but you know a new uh, refreshed idea on it and so yeah really good points Uh, I really like that thank you uh, who was that was Albert wasn't it Uh, let's uh, let's get into another one Mark Hansen writes Hello, love the podcast and the positivity you bring to the community. Well, uh, we'll see about that after I've, uh, I've, I've killed Games Workshop because of the 3D printing debate. Um, he says, MESBG is plagued by supply issues, not to mention dated miniatures and some profiles that have never had sculpts. 3D printing does the same as third-party products for plugging, for plugging some of those gaps. Is it bad for the company? I don't think so. Cheap third-party stuff hasn't had an effect. Not that I've seen demonstrated, at least. And I'm not too keen to pick up another expensive hobby like printing. That's just not my thing. Is it bad for the game? I can't see it being anywhere near top of the list of issues that MESBG faces. I'm intrigued at what other issues you think uh, MESBG faces. Uh, Get in touch and we can start another debate. Um, But ultimately, the game is kept alive by passionate people inside and outside the company. GW could ruin or kill it officially. 
but that didn't stop Necromunda, Blood Bowl, or even Inquisitor. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Uh, again, truncated, but Mark, uh, great points. Um, I, I think you're probably in the same boat as me. I'm just going to continue doing it the way I'm doing it, and if the game dies, I'll still carry on playing it, I think. And I've got all the models anyway, so I'm quite happy now. Uh, next one. Oh, oh, yeah, this is a good one. This is this is probably one of my uh, favourite emails, um, and you can probably understand why in a second. Uh, it's from Russell Priest. Russell says, I agree that 3D printing is good for the players, but I think a counterpoint might be that we shouldn't be surprised to see the books go up in price as a result. That's it. Top work, Russell. <laughs> you make a really, really, really good point, and you used three lines. Uh, not not to criticise everyone else, because everyone else has some really interesting uh, essays, essentially, on the, the so- to- topic. You know, if you'd have all submitted them to uh, business studies class uh, at A-levels, then, yeah, you'd have, you'd have all got lots of uh, interesting grades, I'd have thought. Uh, Russell... He's done it in a tweet. <laughs> that's that's basically it. Nice one, uh, nice one, Russell. Love it. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. If people are buying less less models, Games Workshop's going to plank its books up in price. And then I guess, uh, which is I think we heard earlier, people are going to compl- if you're going to complain about books then going up in price, you know, maybe you should uh, look look to your own uh, your own backyard if you've been also printing lots of models. So uh, anyway. Who knows what'll happen? Uh, Nathan Kolkman get in, gets in touch. He says, "I don't think 3D printing alone will kill GW, and by extension, it won't kill the game. Cheap alternatives, even pirated models like China Forge, have existed in the past, and GW are still going strong. However, GW can, and I think will, need to pivot into the new reality of easy access to 3D printing. I, for one, would gladly buy affordable STLs from them. This option seems reasonable, considering the consensus seems to be that they can't economically afford to make and stock the models they've already." designed i'm glad that my question generated so much response and look forward to hearing other points of view regards nathan yeah uh, nathan this is all your fault (laughs) but nathan thanks for getting in touch again on your own topic this is um this is a good point i i I think i I think the problem with the comparison with uh, the old companies like these to be something called cromlec i don't know whether that's still around these to make like sort of space marine knockoffs and orcs and stuff like that for 40k um and uh china forge you mentioned um I think those, because they're literally another choice, there's a, a store that you have to go to it, and I just think it's a slightly different kettle of fish to your mate who says, oh, yeah, I can print you something 50p. Yeah, sure. Um, I just think it, the, the proliferation of 3D printing is different to um, you know the, the cheap or pirated models of yesteryear um, because they were so niche that, that you know there was like a load of Russian companies on there that, that used to do them. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't see. I just can't see Games Workshop um, stopping producing models um, and selling us through uh, STLs. Not not in the next decade. Just it just seems unlikely to me. To me, it just makes more sense for them to to expand their production. And I know that's expensive, but they've got loads of money, like loads of money. Forty k would benefit surely from an investment in all the new kit and all the new things. And then, you know, the trickle-down of that should be 
Lord of the Rings should get get a little bit of extra production space as well. I, it just makes sense to me. But anyway, uh, thanks Nathan again for getting in touch and for generating this uh, this whole topic. Alex uh, has been in touch. Alex May, you've baited me to write in about 3D printing question. I felt like I had something to offer with the analysis about the political economy and changing hobby. I got carried away and wrote quite a lot. Dot, dot, dot. Nerd sniped. <laughs> Don't worry. I've pretty much deleted it all, Alex. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's not not because it wasn't intelligent or interesting. Um, it's just that, that it, it was quite uh, in-depth and some of the points had already been made. But uh, in essence, um, Alex says, GW are essential in only one element of the hobby, which is making the rules. And we all need to sing from, uh, basically because we all need to sing from the same hymn sheet. Uh, you know, we all need to play the same rules and that's fine. And this is what he thinks is the most important, that GW stays making the rules. If that gets lost, that is really bad for the hobby. But if it remains, then I think that 3D printing is nothing but good for the hobby. GW can carry on making models or selling their designs in the future. And uh, Alex hopes that they will. But that in short, if GW keep making rules and hopefully still make models as one of many suppliers, then 3D printing is very good for the community through the expansion of players. Yeah, that, as, I, as I said, um, thank you. Um, he, he signed off. Thanks, Maisie. And uh, as I say, I did mercilessly chop it. He sent loads of really, really interesting points. Um, and uh, I've, I've just already read a lot of the bits out. And uh, apologies. Um, if anyone, by the way, wants to read any of these um, things, I might just... Uh, publish them all in some way shape or form somewhere um because i just think it's, if if you're all interested in writing them i might just publish them um somewhere I'll, I'll put them on a blog or something like that uh i'll i'll mention it at some point once i've worked out what i'm going to do with them uh let me see what else we got uh ev everett harvey gets in touch he says i'm surprised to realize this is my first time emailing but i wanted to get my two cents in on the topic of 3d printing as it's a tricky one the issue is multifaceted of course and spans all tabletop gaming to some degree but i'd imagine it could hit gw particularly hard based on their past mo of clamping down on third-party products quantum create content creators and ip so strictly i would guess it will be bad for the long run for gw that is since i don't see them embracing the inevitable changes coming for the game i'm not so worried i have a five-year backlog for painting anyway (laughs) yeah don't we all how gw could embrace this said change i'm not so sure releasing their own 3d printing line maybe or dare we say lower some of their price points thanks for making my walks more enjoyable ev um yeah i mean the simple answer here is they kind of have to make things cheaper right like i know they've got a team of um people that you know i i know and like um making rules that are very good and people who are designing new models and you know you've got to kind of pay for those people to keep designing new stuff um and write new rules but surely surely rising you know keeping rising the price of a rohan royal guard on a the plastic horse that was designed 20 years ago which breaks at its ankles constantly from however much it is now to ridiculous prices surely they've got to stop doing that in in light of all this stuff i just i don't know i don't know maybe that's what i I kind of think but it's interesting what you say about um gw being uh pretty strict on clamping down i just don't think they can i honestly don't think they can um obviously if you're literally copying someone's design that's one thing but designing a a generic I don't know, a Mongol horse rider. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And you can use that as a Candish model all day. Um, and there's nothing illegal about it. Uh, so what what can GW do? And, 
you know, even if they do, they're going to shut down one designer and someone else down the road will design something similar and put it up and everyone will print it anyway. So, I mean, the internet is a bit wild westy, isn't it? So you, I don't think they can stop it, if I'm honest. Um, so I think they have to kind of embrace it or or, or just, yeah, as you say, drop, drop the price point somehow. Anyway, uh, another one. Uh, this is, I think, a final email. Uh, and this is from Philip Ledbetter. Good morning, Harry, by which I am wishing you a good day by which I mean I'm wishing you a good day. So I think there's a simple and complicated answer to the question, is 3D printing killing the game? Yeah, I think there are. (laughs) There's two. Um, The simple answer is no, it's not killing the game. As you read out in the Fellowship of Grantham episode, being able to get more people into the game and have access to out-of-production minis boosts the player base and those who want to be involved, which means more players, so therefore more games. But then Philip goes into the complicated answer at length. Um, and again, another person who's written a, a full essay, which was really interesting. I have read everyone's um, emails, by the way. Um, I read them all in full. Um, and I hope I haven't sort of, uh, when I've edited them down, I hope I haven't sort of changed your meaning too much. Um, but then he, uh, Philip basically goes into the complicated answer at length, but does have a little summary right at the bottom, which is brilliant. A few of you did this, which was helped. Uh, he says uh, in bullet points, 3D printing will be a problem for all mini companies in the future. Yeah, true. 3D printing isn't killing the game directly, but of course it does have indirect consequences on the game. True. Uh, If you pirate everything, don't complain if the company does a thing you don't like. This is a good point. Uh, This is something that um, I don't think many people kind of clocks. I think there's this idea that, uh, or certainly I think Philip's suggesting that some of the people who um, complain a lot about the lack of uh, stock or the lot of... um, or the, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the the price points or the, the old models or whatever are the same people who are 3D printing and then they they don't, don't so, so you're not putting money back into the system, are you? It's like kind of, I don't know, it's just, if you if you keep moaning, it's like, like people who say, oh, you know, I don't vote because politicians are all the same. It's like, well, if you... If you, you don't really have a right to complain then, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, I'll carry on with your points. Uh, being true three... Th- being true third-party prints rather than recasts of GW products is probably morally better. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, and I don't think recasts are... I don't think people are that bothered by recasts anymore. The fact that made-to-orders have kind of... Um, uh, uh, kind of stopped the, the the scalping market as as vociferously. Uh, that's not the right word. Uh, they it, they basically chopped the scalping market in half, haven't they? There's no way that people are going to spend 120 quid on a halberd with a horn now because um, it's on made to order every so often, and and that's fine. Um, but yeah, the the true 3D party uh, mini minis are, are probably better, aren't they? Um, and finally, he says, if you don't support a company producing a product, then in the long run, this will hurt their profits and their willingness to support a product. And this, again, isn't a GW-only problem. Yeah, that's I guess that's the point of the don't pirate everything, don't complain. And I, I think that's a fair point. If we all keep buying 3D printed stuff instead of, like, uh, dinging the email me button on Royal Guard models, for example, and then the GW bosses won't see those models as in demand and then they won't be, like, they they won't a they won't restock them as quickly or they won't prioritize them in stock because then there's not a big pile of people wait on the waiting list but also they're not going to be like well yeah we'll approve your plan to um you know print new uh or design new royal guard models or new guard plastic kits or i don't know anything because they don't see the demand they can't rely on the fact that there's uh, you know the gw mesbg team are in the Facebook page and keep seeing people complaining about it. That's not something that 
big boss man uh, checking the spreadsheets is going to give a two flying monkeys arseholes about, is it? It's, it? They just don't care. They'll see, well, the stats here show you've only had five people click the email me button on that. So we're not going to design any of the, more of them. Why, why should we? There's only going to be five people waiting to buy them. Um, so I can understand that. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry, I'll go back. There's a final little bit more here. He says, uh, this is from Philip Still. He says he thinks it's an interesting and difficult topic, so look forward to hearing the episode. Please carry on the good work with the standard podcast episodes as well. I love them for a drive, walk, and best of luck with a new job, and I hope you manage to hit your aims for the new year with Numenor and friends. All the best, Philip. And that's it. Um, so... <laughs> I feel like I don't want to bang on too much uh, in summary of this because it might tempt you to send more emails, I guess. Um, but I, I think there's two things that I, I, I know for sure. 3D printing isn't going to go away, and no matter what we do, there'll be some people who are buying it, and we'll have to start playing people uh, at tournaments if we don't already. And and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think... I, the fact that I've seen a lot of people playing with 3D printed models recently means that it's just happening. You know, the very top level of the, the gaming scene, people are playing with them and people have been using printed shields and all that sort of stuff. And I'm still torn. I am honestly still torn about whether it's bad for the, the game in the long run. Um, I'm I'm inclined to, to think that the Games Workshop does need to put its house in order in order to get those things in stock. I think... Most people, in the same way that Spotify and um, Apple Music and all these places exist, um, because um, I think intrinsically people are good and they understand what's right and wrong. And maybe you you think that's a really cheesy thing to say, but back in the days of LimeWire and um, Napster and all of these things that if you're younger than 20, you've probably never heard of, but people used to download music for free all the time. And now... Almost everyone I know just streams it on Spotify for 10 quid a month or gets adverts or Apple Music for the same thing. If Games Workshop is able to embrace this 3D printing thing and use it to its advantage, it will be fine. And they need to. They they absolutely need to. And if they haven't got people who are very worried at the top of their company looking at the proliferation of 3D printing uh, who are thinking this is bad, this may not be a problem right now, but it's going to be in five years, it's going to be in ten years, then they're very, very foolish people. Um, and I don't think that they're as stupid as they once were. Games Workshop have have had a bit of a rejig, and I think they're a bit more in tune with themselves than they were ten years ago. So I, I think I, I, I'm kind of optimistic. I think um, it'll be good, but they really do need to sort out all these problems of like the stock. They they keep putting this big old shine, uh, uh, sort of releasing out every time they do a, a profit statement and all that sort of stuff, saying, "Oh, we're still the most popular thing in the world." Um, but they really need to just expand their factory or their something because it's not just it's not just this system that's that's sort of suffering in some ways. It's all of them. They're, they're all of all of the systems are all plagued by these problems and and flow and uh, you know all the uh, there's just so many problems that you hear about and uh, I just love to hear it all resolved and I'd love to see one day the Lord of the Rings range completely stocked and people who who really want to get in the game just be able to go on dump a hundred quid on a new army and and crack on and it feels like that's just not possible right now which is a really sad state for the game to be in in my eyes but hey in the meantime 
uh, all all praise the 3D printers of the world because essentially you're doing a community service. I, I know you're out there, um, uh, Medbury Miniatures. I, I know we mentioned earlier in the podcast, and Andrew. I know you listen to the podcast, or maybe you uh, you're a fan of the um, the YouTube channel. But I know you've uh, you've supported me on Patreon, uh, so <laughs> I, I very much appreciate that. Um, because I, I, essentially you are filling the gap and you are keeping the hobby alive, and um, I, I I I appreciate that in places where you know the places where you can't get access to minis uh the white knight of the uh of the uh, uh of the medbury guys well, it's the dark knight i suppose it's the uh the, the savior you don't necessarily need but it might be a bit dark and all that i don't know uh getting all my metaphors confused because i've been uh talking endlessly about 3d printing for quite a while but there you go that's the the mini moot done and dusted um i knew it'd be a longy and hence the reason why it's pretty much just been a 3D printing exclusive. Uh, so I'm going to apologise um, for you if you expected interviews and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I did say at the start of the podcast, but um, there's a lot to chew on. And I hope you found this all really interesting. I found it really interesting reading all your messages. Um, so thanks, basically. It's been brilliant. Um, I will return very quickly. Um, with another podcast, another kind of mini moot like this. Um, I can't I call it a mini moot. It's not really. It's just uh, what was it? Questions, questions that need answering. Um, and uh, I will return very soon. In fact, there's. Uh, I'm going to a tournament this weekend, and before that, I'm going to release a podcast about said tournament and another very exciting tournament uh, proposition, which is coming up very soon. So uh, we talked a lot about the hobby, 3D printing this time and some debates. Uh, we'll talk about tournaments next time, and then we'll get back into the usual stuff, uh, in a, a couple of podcast time, but hopefully you'll have a good binge listen over the coming days. In the meantime, thank you so, so much for getting in touch with the podcast entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to say anything else, God hope you don't all send a hundred emails, uh, now because I'm just not going to be able to do it again <laughs> but uh, thanks very much um, for listening once more uh, I will be back very soon Boorah